if this was even created on a drawing board and not just like just came out of your ass literally salutations mortals and welcome to from the jump today we have a really special guest this man is a legend in the game in namibia also around the world a lot of people know about him this is no dima dreamer this man has made me sound amazing on both of our of our albums you know on remember the future <laughs> and on on uh, black colonialist i mean i don't think people would like my voice as much if it wasn't for you my brother so that's my intro but please do let the people know exactly who you are all right uh, i go by lodima dreamer i am a music producer composer um audio engineer yeah all things audio multimedia some things i double in i, I i'm I'm what you'd call a creative consultant in another life. Yeah. But but my main passion is music and uh, working in music. All right. No, no. I'm going to call you a creative consultant in this life. I agree with that title for you right there. And don't forget, I mean, you're a lecturer too. Which, which, which adds a bit to why I actually also want to, besides the fact that you're amazing at what you do, but the, the point of this was also, you know, just to show people behind the curtains of the creative scenes, you know, the different creative industries. Because as I always say, people see the end product, they love the end product, but they don't know about all the sacrifices and hardships that go with actually creating that. So by yeah. showing people, you know, the real conversations of creatives, like, you know, interviews by creators with creatives. It's not this whole scripted thing where it's like, oh no, uh, you know, how did you come up with the name Lodima Dream? I don't, that, that's another story. People can Google that. What I want to get at is how you went from, you know, DJ Sion when you were in Johannesburg to getting into your bag of Lodima Dreamer, producer, DJ, everything. And then from there going into deciding, you know what, I'm going to impart this knowledge to people by lecturing at university. So if you could just run people through a bit of that creative journey of yours. Yeah, okay. So to begin with, DJ Sion was like, I'd say your typical house DJ, uh, but then I also doubled in production at the time. Um, and I always thought that, you know, it's kind of, oh, before I jump to that, yeah. The name Siren actually came from my gamer tag back in the day. Because that's, again, that's the name I used to use for games. I didn't think of, like, creating a whole other persona about it. Just like, okay, cool. It's going to roll with the Siren thing. So that seemed to, you know, build up on itself. And I didn't really put much thought into it until, like, I got to a point where in my music here, where I thought, like, okay, cool. Um, everyone's kind of making music everyone's either an artist or someone's everyone's a producer but no one's really getting into the crux of it and actually doing like the mixing mastering yeah no one's no one's focus was on that so i took it upon myself to you know go out and go study and you know i left went to Joburg, took like a huge risk in my life and yeah i went to go follow that passion mm-hmm. went to go study uh, from there, came back, like literally, like the first two weeks that I was back, I found myself mixing the first BB project. So like, that was, you know, cool. Um, and I think to this day, like, I still get people coming up to me and like, those for those who know, I, 
I still get people coming up to me and you know referencing the work that I did in that album and like how no one not a lot of people put that kind of work into production here yeah. I mean yeah. into post production rather and and just just and, just, to, just to stop you there before you go on with the journey I mean what you did as you, right there you know you came back and like two three weeks of being back you're thrown into your first project and that first project evidently earns us a nama award you know <laughs> gets everybody's you know, like, name out there the transition from Sion to Lodima was happened in my final year where i thought of you know when i come back i can't i need to kind of refocus what i do and make it make it a better product in a, in a sense so i needed to create a sort of brand that had meaning to me especially because if it has meaning to me um that can be translate i can translate that, that to have feeling for everyone else exactly exactly all right and then you know when did you decide that i mean i know you've been doing this for a, for a long time i mean i've known you since we were like five six years old or something so <laughs> um for me it's been a long time but when did you decide that you would actually make that jump you know to be like all right you know i've i've i've, I've got a good foothold in what i'm doing but i feel like i can do more and let me see this education lane let me see of that imparting wisdom to youngsters and and people trying to come up in you know um sound engineering and all of it like the whole spectrum of sound uh, uh learning when did you decide to take that leap what 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 prompted you to take that leap actually a bit of background like my dad actually was in education he taught for a bit and he was a mm-hmm. principal for a while so i think uh that did that played a, a bit of a role for me mm-hmm. but ultimately i it it i i've always been waiting for the opportunity to um sort of impart knowledge here or there uh whether it be if people are like my dms ask me about certain things ask me for, to critique certain stuff or um yeah just people generally interacting with me okay. now so how this whole uh, again like no wait let me just um no, no, I'm let li- your interview you you speak when you want to speak and <laughs> how that how this whole teaching thing now came about was that you know this was this specific course that people needed someone to fill or someone mm-hmm. to teach and thankfully or luckily through the work that I've been putting in people have heard of this person who does this thing who actually studied this thing yeah so, so again I, i could have been the person like after like not doing a whole lot of not being as active as i had wished to have been um you know just sat at home and did nothing nothing for myself and that opportunity would have never come mm. if had i not put myself out there and 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 let me let me, let me just to go further into that you know um I know a lot of people approach you with the whole hey Lodima can you play my record hey Lodima what do you think about this hey Lodima. and you're a really nice guy you you're a person that actually listens to people <laughs> yeah yeah you don't you don't you don't just cut him off and be like man fuck this guy man i'm not getting paid to tell you this so i want to know like do you ever just be like you know 
how when you critique people do you always look for like the good things to give them or do you sometimes tell them look man let's be honest with each other what you're doing right now is not the way to go about it maybe go back to the drawing board you know how do you when you give bad news is my question when you when you when you put somebody down and tell them look maybe you're fucking up or whatever how do you go about it do you still do it in that whole nice friendly way or are you very to the point and like look you're fucking up um I think generally I am more of a person who will give who will try to give constructive criticism and not just say do your shit as whack kind of thing. Um I think the three words that I I would jump to to like the, uh, if I'm like completely not about something is like generally this isn't it. Like <laughs> just go <laughs> I I don't know what you need to do if this was even created on, on a drawing board and not just like just came out of your ass literally um yeah like but other than that generally I would try to look for things to sort of encourage other people and to help them build themselves because generally I'm I'm not going to put myself in in a position where i don't know this person or I, i don't know this person that well and yeah i'm and i don't know what kind of effort you put into things ah i got you okay so yeah. i can't be putting in more effort into your own product Project. if you're not going to put in that level of yeah if you're not going to put that level of effort in yeah, so for me i that's I would generally be standoffish at first until I see that you actually put in work. Now, I want to I want to go a bit further, right? So I know that you really help out a lot of Namibian artists, you know, getting them onto different platforms, helping them with how they get on those platforms, where whether it be, you know, through DistroKid or or whatever to get onto Spotify, to get onto all these things. So was this a thing of you just deciding, look man, these people don't know how to get them out there even though they're using my studio to record and what not because you you do have your own studio you've got door to studios so do they was it a thing of like let me help them in a further package you know just to get everybody on the level that they need to be or was it that somebody actually asked you yo Dima can you help me like get my music onto these different platforms and then you decided okay I can do this for other people like what what prompted you to actually do that to like help other artists to get there uh, I think it's a bit of both really um because it's a thing firstly the thing of i generally feel that there's a lot of talent here and even within our own circles we don't know about it mm-hmm. no doubt um that's true so if i'm in a position to help someone or give someone knowledge to like further themselves so to get themselves out there to get themselves out of therefore walls then you know i'm going to do that um other times people have just asked me like in the middle of a session like you know um what do you think about this uh, what do you think is the best way to get this done kind of thing yeah, and yeah. you know i would give my my input on that my little advice on that um beyond that it's it's really just a thing of how best to in the overall 
in the overall grander scheme of things, mm-hmm. it's a push for me to get Namibia to a global place. Yeah, ultimately, yeah, that, that's my ultimate goal to okay. get us to a point where we can be competing throughout static and continentally because we have people here who can do who can do these things mm-hmm. uh, no doubt if if we're discounting uh, myself and people who have home studios for example like there's Nautilus Studios which is probably like one of the premier studios in Africa at this point yeah they, they got just, they got the hotness over there I didn't know lie <laughs> um, we have videographers like uh, Reggie and Desert Films who do amazing work mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah to throw myself in there as a sound engineer like I do I can do live sound as well I have I know how to do these things like no one like for example no one I think there's only one person who has approached me about doing autotune live for example <laughs> okay like, yeah, like little things like that just to yeah, no. give your performance a different vibe you know? yeah to give it that extra boost and like yeah no no doubt now let me let me, let me get into something else right so I'm, I'm gonna get into some of our questions uh, as i told you we have a few questions that i like to ask everybody um not everybody yeah. gets the same questions so what i'm gonna do is i know which one i want to hit you with first but i want to do that last so okay so let's do this one right so i asked one of my uh, creative friends creative adjacent friends and you know um what they would yeah. like to ask all the artists if they could or creatives of all genres and they were like ask them this is what they wanted me to ask you guys so um during this current period of lockdown you know with with COVID-19 and everybody not being able to move no events you know no bookings really coming through us with studios that can't have people come in and record what are you doing that that's keeping you afloat you know by do you have any new streams of income that you're looking at um generally just to show people that I'm trying to find out if artists are adapting to this new reality that we're in and finding new methods to actually get their coin. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, that's the question. Like, how, how, how are you dealing with it and how are you going about it? All right. So, like I said earlier, like, luckily, I am in a position where, again, where I call myself a creative consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, that said like i run my own website myself like i've done all my graphic work myself so that stuff i can do it's just that i don't necessarily always do it for other people but i can and you know luckily i was in a position where before all of this happened i was working with a client on their logo and just rolling out their business so luckily that it's that and the fact that there are a few websites here and there that i'm also managing for some people okay okay um, so you have a spectrum it wasn't of, for of that work. like <laughs> yeah like it's just that i don't divert all of my energy into a specific thing at once but like um, over the past couple of months or my plan for this year rather was going to be just focusing completely on my music. Mm-hmm. 
、so not taking on any new clients, not taking on any other things.、Um, unfortunately, I've had to undo all of that, and like, I can't really focus on music as much as I want to because that's not necessarily paying right now. Yeah.、Um, there's that, the, create, the consulting aspect, and then there's also my teaching. So, again, like, I'm. Thankful to be in the position that I'm in. But having said that, you know, there are people who are literally just, they, their bread is earned on stage.、Um, it's, it's a thing of now, like, those people, like, how, A, how those people have been supporting themselves, and B, would they even want to come back to an industry that. They didn't see supporting them throughout this whole time. So, all right, let's move to the next question. Next question that I've got for you. Actually, wait, this one is one I really, really want to ask you, especially you, because you're always nice to fucking people. All right. What is your one pet peeve? Like the real pet peeve, like that thing that pisses you the fuck off that you never tell people. Like they always pissing you off with it. They always do it, but you're like, ah, fuck it. I, I just don't have the energy. Or just, I, you know.、Uh... What's that one thing? I would say two things actually. Now, there we、um, go. One. Oh, is... let's. <laughs> I'm just like, how do I phrase this properly? It's not necessary. Okay.、Um, the one is either people like asking me, you know, let me freestyle for you or let me. Because.、Uh, Yeah, that, that whole let me freestyle for you. I got you. If, if anyone knows me, even from like what I've said before, this, like, I don't just work with anyone.、Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to just pick up someone who I've not seen, who I've not critiqued in a sense of saying over a long period of time. If I haven't seen you perform, if I've not seen any of your material, I'm not going to work with you, like, flat out.、Mm. Um, it's not the thing of me being disrespectful or whatever, just that I need to know that you're on this level.、Sure. I need you to understand that I'm not here to make mixtapes for you and your five homies. Kind of, that kind of ties into number two, which is that whole. People just randomly walking up to me, like, you know, yo, man,、um, we, should get, we should get in the studio sometime, you know, get to work, we should get some work done. Like, guy, like, I don't know you. Like, like who I, are you, bro? <laughs> who are you? Like, What music do you make? <laughs> you're like, like, you're making these beats for people, and like, all of a sudden, you just hear, like, the lamest of lines. Like, I, I can't even think of one right now. Just. No, But this brings, me, this brings me to, to my next question、yeah. for you, right? Because you've done something that I haven't seen in、yeah. Namibia, or actually, I don't know if anybody else has done it around the world.、Um, what you're doing with your assorted crates. And once you reach the 100 of the crates, firstly, mad achievement, you know, 100 assorted crates. It's, it's like, it's, it's amazing. I didn't even know you were going to keep going. I don't think you even knew you were going to go until 100.、Um, but my、I、question to you、know. is. What, when, you, when you reached the 100, you know, and you started collaborating with, with other DJs globally,、uh, 
um, to put out these assorted crates. That collaboration aspect, like what 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 brought you to that point where you were like, you know what, I want to work with DJs not only in Namibia but internationally on this thing that I put out every Friday. Um, I think it was probably in the like during the assorted crates '90s era, mm-hmm. where I, like I sat down and I thought like, okay, um, I am gonna hit. I purposely planned it out so I hit 100 on New Year's Eve, by the way. That's a whole other thing. Just mad scheduling and, like, (laughs) forethought. Um, But the general gist of it is that what I wanted to get to was a point where, like, I've done, like, 100. What are the next 100 going to look like? Are they going to look like the previous 100? What can I add to this? So, me bringing in guest DJs was an effort for me to add value to assorted crates, A, and B, just to allow other people's sense of music to be showcased. I'm pretty sure, like, I repeated like 90% of that music. And, you know, differently. Just, people and there's understand. always new music coming out. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, even I get tired sometimes of just like jamming the same kind of music and mm-hmm. all of that. So it's a nice, it's refreshing to A, for me to hear other people DJing and just like see what their kind of sense is. And B, just to give the general audience uh, a different vibe as well because, you know, maybe they might like, because I think. Um, a cousin of mine uh, messaged me like because uh, I had the DJ Mr. Hustler from Finland. Oh yeah, 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 I heard a couple that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it was. was and, it two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Sorry. Yeah, and like you know, he messaged me like saying like you know who's this guy like you know he's, he's pretty dope like it's a different vibe, mm. and that's exactly what I'm aiming for. But do you so, think like, just you... beyond me? No, no, sorry. Go on. Yeah. Oh, no, what I was asking no, was... I'm just saying... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. All right, I'm going to jump on this one. All right, so uh, what, what I was going <laughs> to ask is, you know, because you're doing collaborations this way that you're doing them, you know, and it, I know for a fact that it wasn't done like this before in NAM at all. I don't know any other DJ globally that's actually been like, you know, let me reach out to different DJs to be guest DJs on my slots. Do you think Namibian the Namibian DJ scene. Like, I'm not even going to talk about producers now. Let's just talk about the DJing scene. Do you think Namibian DJs are being diverse enough in in what they play? And I'm talking specifically like, you know, one DJ goes before me and then I come through and then I play almost the exact same set or, or whatever. Do you think there's enough diversity in what DJs are doing? And in that question, I mean, like, are people paying attention to, like, their counterparts? Are they paying attention to what other DJs are doing, even at the same show as them, to be like, okay, I might need to tweak my thing a bit, or are DJs just going out there and doing what they've always done? I think that's something that uh, Namibian DJs, as Namibian DJs, we can improve on. Um, Just allowing the flow to cater to the audience within limits. I say within limits because 
uh, us as DJs still need to have an identity in what we play. No doubt, no doubt. Um, you can, and it's important to have a range within that identity. Um, so it doesn't end up being a thing of like everyone just plays the top hundred songs continuously over and over and over because that's generally what's been happening, and the audience is so used to that. Yeah, when someone right. else tries to do something different or just to play songs that people don't know but just create a vibe yeah it becomes a problem because like you know why aren't you playing my song like i don't know this song i can't i don't i haven't practiced dance moves to this song even <sighs> but even in that like playing new 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 stuff like only like three people who've heard it like on their title or their soundcloud actually know the song ever Yeah, everyone else would just be like, oh, "Okay, what's this?" I guess like, I see people dancing like over there, but like I don't know what this is. And then like three <laughs> weeks later, like, "Oh my god, that's my song! That's my song!" There we like, go, guys. Like, but you see, so I totally understand what you say. But isn't that why DJs are DJs to introduce people to new music? Like, I mean, I can play the music that I I have it on my playlist. I don't I don't yeah. really need no DJ playing what I already have. But I get, you. <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> The vibe created along with the introduction of new music is always what I thought, you know, DJs were about, um, especially radio DJs. And I don't know what happened there, but that's a, that's a totally different topic. We don't even need to go to that one. That's a whole other. That's, that's a realm I'm not even trying to reach into right now. But I do have a question for you. This is the most important question of the entire interview. Okay, this is the question, Dimas. I need you to stay focused. I need you to answer, like, yeah. honestly. All right. Superheroes or supervillains, and which one? Antiheroes or supervillains in this case? Boom! That's the question. You can only choose one, bro. Wow. And why? Wait, one of each or just one? No, no, general? no. I mean the category. Are you going with superheroes? Or are you going with supervillains? And why are you going with that category? I don't know. I. I... I tend to side of the villains more often than not because uh, there's this whole self-righteousness with heroes. Like, things are <laughs> supposed to be this way. Like, we're supposed to be, like, very straight and narrow. And, you know, like, super villains try to break rules. Like, you're I... taking new avenues for things. That's actually surprising. I thought you were going to go with the heroes, bro. That's weird. <laughs> nah. No, like, think about Thanos. Like, man, wanted to, like, <laughs> have people live easy. Fine, like fine, like I kill like half of everyone ever. Like it's a small price. <laughs> Anywhere, eternal happiness. It's a small, like a small price. Um, look, I know you've done a lot of work with a lot of different people around the world. Um, from guys, I mean, from us to guys in Europe to guys in South Korea, even you know, like you've you've you you keep moving and moving and and, and upping your game and working with more and more artists internationally. Um, so my question to you is. What was the one chance that you didn't take that you wish you did? Like just only one though. You can only choose one that you really passed on that chance. And like afterwards, was like, "Fuck, should have done that shit." <laughs> was the even huh. one? I am not sure. Like, I mean, there've been opportunities here to work with local artists. Um, It's just that at those times 
my sonic range wasn't there because mm. like what i was making wasn't in line with what they're making what they're making um i think uh, probably like one of the more recent examples i can put out like i didn't even reach out to her like is lioness like i'm her dj like i make her performance tracks and yeah she stole I, you from us i ain't happy about that bro we're gonna have to have a conversation <laughs> <laughs> you're a black volcanite wow. bro you're you're a bv dj and you just went and, and went to lioness i'm gonna talk to lioness about that <laughs> sorry yeah, yeah you guys you guys you guys handle that <laughs> um but yeah like during her production cycle i was making like lo-fi beats and like that was my focus so i couldn't in all, all honesty just refocus myself to doing like one or two things there yeah, yeah. and not finish doing what i was doing at the time um so that's that on that I got as I said, you know, mm. from the beginning before we started this interview. Um the whole point of this is to 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 help people understand some of the hardships that we go through to make the the creative stuff that they love. And as you just said, you know, you you do your own you've created your own website, you do all your graphic work yourself. I mean, of course you do all your mixing, mastering, all that stuff is is all you. But what I wanted to get at is something you let slip earlier, you know, the fact that you planned to have uh sort of crates 100 released on new year's eve right that planning process um i don't want to know of course your process that's your process but the the effort and the stuff you had to give up to make sure that that could work you know i'm sure there were people trying to call you for gigs and stuff and you were like hold up hold up i got my own shit that i'm busy with and i need to do a b c d for it to actually pull off now what i'm trying to ask you is that process of actually planning out all of it to get to that point was it a thing of okay i'm going to sit down today and do all of it or was it a thing of like a couple of months that spanned of this is how i'm going to roll out this is what i'm going to do after this is was it more you, you know thought out like that or was it a bit more spontaneously put together um I think when I first started it was uh really spontaneous. Um but the more I got into the habit of putting them out, mm-hmm. the more I found it sort of easier to put them out. Once it got easier for me to put them out, then the longer term planning came into play where I would think of changes to artwork or tweaks to artwork for example because mm-hmm. it'd been like 3 or 4 variations of the artwork um yeah, with this year uh i have i think up until like october november i really planned out like the days for guest djs well, that's the question no no like it's it's become more like a methodical thing where it's yeah more planned out instead of like when i first started it's probably like the, coming home after like a night drinking on like the friday morning like recording the mix uh quickly doing a bit of mixing mastering uh and then uploading it quickly uh, cuz yeah that is even before i had a web cuz i initially created the website to host this whole thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i remember 
So again, but you're yeah. sending us links via via uh, email. I remember that so via WhatsApp and like yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Now so now, it, it 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 yeah grew into a whole thing and like I'm I'm happy where it is now and now, I'm happy to where I plan it to go. Now this is this is what I'm trying to get at. So effectively, what you're saying is take the leap. You know, even if you don't have a fully planned out step by step how this is going to go, but you have an idea of what you're trying to do, take the leap, jump, right? And that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to get at. Like as yeah. creatives, as creatives in, in in our respective industries, do you think that too many people don't take the leap? They don't jump off of the cliff. They're trying to first suss it out and look at too many things before actually being like, look, let me see if this is gonna work or not, and then we'll, we'll, we'll work with it. Uh, I think I'm probably like the biggest vic- uh, culprit of that whole overthinking space because I overthink everything. Um, I just don't know how this sort of crazy thing happened. I guess I just decided one day, oh, cool, let me put out some mixes. You and were drunk, homie. That That's what happened. <laughs> wow. Wow. You just said it. You just no. said you came back from party <laughs> Friday morning, and then you just making link. Come on, bro. He was drunk. That's how it happened. That's how I, I, I was saying. I was, I was referencing the my method of production of oh, making okay. the <laughs> My bad. My bad. Yes, not the me. actual inception of it. Wow. 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 Um, yeah. So, um, because everything that. And it's a thing that I've been trying to unlearn over like the span of years, really. Just that if I want to do something, I need to start with a step. Yeah. And then once I've taken that step, and I, I need to allow myself to build momentum. Um, because there are points in time where I would try to sort of plot everything out. But then I have step 54, like conceptualized already, but I'm not taking step one. Step one, yeah. So that's, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a, a shift. It's, yeah, a bit of a shift in mindset that's needed there. I have one more question for you. It's the final question of our interview. Uh, also, if you feel like you want to ask me anything, you're allowed to. I had, this, I had somebody yesterday, like, switch the whole interview on me at the end and we're like, ah, I got questions for you, man. <laughs> I was like, fuck it, dude, let's do this shit. But anyway, um, so my final question for you, Dima, is if you could give, not not necessarily just a younger you advice, but you know, an up and coming DJ that's more or less taking some of the steps that, that, that you were taking at the beginning of your journey. Um, if you could give them one piece of advice, you know, um, what would that be? Actually, I should have several. Um, Holla, yo, man! Drop one, it because again, this is about this is about informing people and getting them some of that knowledge and, and, and knowledge transfer, you know. So, please, as many as you want to drop, drop them gems, yo. Yeah. Um, I would say the first thing is like, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, because as much as you feel like you're in a zone or you feel like you keep learning, you keep doing like things and you keep sort of getting into your own little pockets. Sometimes like interacting with people, talking to people, asking people about like their processes and stuff um, gets you a bit out of yours and you 
get a new lease on learning stuff if that makes sense yeah yeah so it it sort of yeah it gets you to a space where it, yeah you, it opens you up for more collaborative things i would say so that you you kind of have an idea of how to interact with people in a music sense mm-hmm. and in studio sense and in a general creative sense um you get to even when you're not working with them you get to see how different people like their music or how they like to create music how they yeah like to conceptualize their music um so that that goes a long way the other thing is when you approach people approach them as a person just you know try to have a natural conversation with someone instead of just rocking up to them like yo i uh, my favorite dj my favorite producer you know um send me some beats man like like i don't goes back to the things that i don't like i don't know you like just talk to me first like let me get a gauge of who you are um what else another important thing um uh it's something that i'm still i've uh, been going through during this lockdown period is just um uh, the concept of limitation uh find and being able to fine tune what you have because i mean over the internet like anyone and everyone can bootleg a million things yeah but if you have all of these things on your laptop or on your pc like you're not you're probably only using like 5% of everything mm-hmm. and within that 5% you're not fine tuning your knowledge on anything at all um I think which is one of the biggest things that's going to school taught me because uh being in a studio environment day in day out what that taught me was that you only have this amount of equipment and you need to make whatever you're doing work with that equipment if you don't have if you need something else and that's you need to make a plan around it and that creating a plan around it sort of uh, allows gives you greater learning possibilities it's like if you have the synthesizer that yeah if you have like a bunch of hundred synthesizers for example but you only necessarily use five in those five you only probably only need like one or two of them so if you learn like how to what every dial does and how to manipulate everything in a certain way to get a specific sound mm-hmm. then like you only need one or two things got gotcha. you got gotcha. you instead of like going through presets and like it it's it and i think that will also help you get into crafting your own sound and your own sonic identity no doubt damn that's actually quite quite deep and 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 i know this from personal experience because i mean 
when I was in China buying my equipment up, you know, that's behind me right now and that I'm using right now, it was you that I called. I was like, yo, Dima, what you think about this mic, bro? What you think about this earphones, bro? What you think about this, this mixer, bro? Like, <laughs> I kept hitting you up and being like, look, I don't know nothing about this shit. So I need your help to, to help me so I can send you recordings. And like, you know, that's the first time that we actually, or for myself, that I actually realized making music and making projects online isn't as difficult as everybody made it out to seem like, oh, we always all got to be in the same studio, in the mm -hmm. same place on the same day, which is not true unless that is your workflow. And that's how the best comes out of you as an individual or group or whatever. So what I'm saying to why I'm saying this is um, I do believe that yeah. you inherently just love helping people, bro. You, you love like furthering people's knowledge on things if you can. Um, Dima, I want to thank you for doing this, my brother. As you can see, we were supposed to do this for 20 minutes. And once again, none of my interviews end at 20 minutes. We've like been doing this for an hour now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's gonna be it's, an editing it's, thing. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be twenty minutes. Ah, but it's lovely, man. It's lovely. The more content, the the, the better. You know, I'm trying. To, it's, it's not about. We're not getting paid for this. This is about literally giving people the information, um, letting them see behind the curtain, and yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. Also, a sort of great. It's out every Friday, man. Like, it's on Apple Podcast. It's on SoundCloud. Again, it's on my website, lodimadreamer.com. Yeah, it's out every Friday at 2 p.m. I make it a point to be for it to be out at 2 p.m. I think there was even a what there was even a time where I drove, I was driving to Swakop, and I had to I stopped to put out um, the message on social media and the WhatsApp and continue my drive, like things like that. That's you like know what I mean? That's that's dedication. I can't just, though. 